Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into my true crime podcast. I really hope that you guys will get some cleaning done today or maybe some household chores. Whatever you have on your agenda, please feel free to do it while you're listening to me talk about disturbing stories. This week, we are going to crack open five disturbing true crime stories that went viral, as well as a brief reply to a comment from YouTube where they were asking, how do I start up a podcast? What do I recommend? And we'll be reading good old Instagram hate comments. Buckle up because this time I'm not gonna warn you twice. Just buckle up. Famous comedian TikToker gets revenge on his wife. This is Ali Abulaban, and before the incident on Halloween of 2021, he was a pretty liked guy that had 900,000 followers on TikTok. Him and his wife Anna had posted videos such as this one, and through the lens of social media, it appeared that they had a pretty perfect marriage. What their viewers didn't know is they were in the process of a pretty nasty divorce. Ali even went as far as hiding cameras throughout her apartment after he moved out, and these cameras revealed that she was having a guy come over. On October 31st, 2021, police were called to Anna's apartment after residents had her GS. That is where they found Anna and her male friend unalived. It was later brought to light that he had a love interest in Anna, and despite Ollie and Anna getting a divorce, Ollie's jealousy overtook him. Police arrested him after he was picking up his daughter from school, and his trial was supposed to be in September of 2022, but keeps getting pushed back further and further. His current trial start date is January 8th, 2024. A side note, obviously I'm wearing different clothes than what I just told the story of Ali Abulaban in. I had great aspirations of recording these stories as well as the full podcast in one day. Needless to say, by the time five o'clock hit and I only had one done, I was, I was, I was rough to say the least. So I'm going to be in different clothes. The whole story of Ali Abulaban has been so crazy, especially because the sentence keeps getting pushed, and I really do not understand why. It's one thing if it gets pushed a few months back, or even maybe a year, but for it to be almost two years of it getting pushed back, it blows my mind. I don't I don't understand it. If someone that is watching this video knows what could happen to make a trial get postponed that far back, please let me know because I'm genuinely curious. That story is one of the first ones that I talked about when I started this podcast back in November of 2021. It was one of the first stories that actually got a lot of engagement because prior to that, I kind of was just getting like 100 views, whatever, which is still great. It was just, that was the video that really got the algorithm rolling in my favor and it created a podcast. So if you guys remember that video from, oh my God, it was probably two years ago. That's awesome. Moving on, let's go into the story of Kyle Morgan. This is a story I am sure will be removed. So if you're watching this, buckle up. The year is 2009 in Woodstock, Illinois, and a man with the name of Kyle Morgan had just got done luring a homeless guy into his apartment after he promised him food, warmth, and something to drink. Being that it was in the middle of an Illinois winter, the homeless man could not pass it up. A couple weeks later, maintenance was called to Kyle's apartment after a foul odor was coming from it. They knocked, no response, and then used the master key to go inside. Upon entering, the sour smell of death smacked each of them in their face, and they saw the homeless man lying on the ground. But that wasn't it. He was slabbed anywhere between 20 and 30 times. He had the number 666 carved into his forehead, as well as Uno reverse cards showing the same numbers laying on his chest, and throughout the entire apartment was satanic writings written in the victim's blood. Kyle fled, but was found multiple states away 
after a traffic incident that led to a high-speed chase, him hitting two people in the process, and then detained. He pled guilty but mentally ill and only received 30 years in prison. With that being said, he's going to be released in less than 20 years. With this, I'm gonna say what you're absolutely thinking. That mugshot terrifies me. Have you ever seen those like drawings of police sketches doing mugshots and what the they believe that the victim looks like? I feel like Kyle's is equivalent to those because yes, the police sketches are terrifying, but that mugshot is absolutely terrifying. There have been some very funny ones that I've talked about on the podcast, but the amount of ones that have been really chilling are honestly in the few and that face that's pure evil. I genuinely do not understand why he was not sentenced to life in prison. There have been several cases that I've talked about that have been far less gruesome than the story of Kyle Morgan and they all received life in prison. The next story that we talk about is still a crime, but it's far less gruesome and they both got life in prison. It's just very interesting to see how the justice system varies from state to state and to really just look into what was going through the judge's mind when he sentenced Kyle to not life in prison. Was it because he pled mentally ill? Are they going to regulate that? My question is, is what if he stops taking his medicine and he goes back to where he was that day and repeats the crime on some other innocent bystander? It's just very frustrating. Granted, I wasn't sitting in the courtroom. I don't know, I wasn't there. I'm not in Kyle's thoughts. But from an outside perspective, I have a lot of questions and honestly, a lot of concerns. Let's move on to the next story. This couple is Kavon Collier and Eric Dodds. They ran the TikTok account ENJ Gang, which had a little over 800,000 followers, and they were also known for their pretty spicy Twitter account. From the audience's point of view, they were known as an attractive, happy-looking couple that made a lot of people jealous. On August 1st, 2022, police received a call for GS in the area, and when they arrived, they discovered the unalived body of 29-year-old Dakota Bradshaw. According to various news articles, but it's still alleged. Kavon and Eric were retrieving their Dodge Challenger from Dakota's property, where somewhere in the midst of that an altercation raised, leading to Dakota being shot. In the midst of the chaos, a witness had reportedly viewed the couple getting into their car and fleeing the scene. Since then, there has been a lot of controversy as to if they are innocent or guilty. For example, their TikTok account has been changed to ENJ Innocent. Everyone was 50-50, but despite the public's feelings, in May of 2023, the couple were both sentenced to life in prison. Now that you know the third story, you can compare it to Kyle Morgan and see that it does not make sense why they received life in prison and Kyle did not. I feel that all three of them deserve life in prison. I'm a firm believer of saying, if you take someone's life, you deserve life. That's what I've said since I've started the podcast. I'm a firm believer in that. There have been some situations that I see the person does not deserve to get life in prison. For example, the case of Gypsy Rose Blanchard. She unalived her mother and it wasn't because she wanted to just take someone's life. It was because she wanted to escape that home. In a way, her case is self-defense. She did receive 10 years, which if you didn't know, Gypsy Rose is getting released on December 28th of this year, I believe. Oh my God, it might be, let, let me look that up. I wonder when she's getting released. Yeah, December 28th. So literally a month and seven days away. Granted, when the video comes up, it'll probably be, let's see, today's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So it'll be like a month and 
three days until she gets released by the time that you're watching this, which is so exciting. I'm definitely going to reach out to her when she gets out. I would love to interview her. I've been talking about her case this entire time that I've started the podcast. I firmly believe that she does not deserve to be in jail right now. She did not deserve the 10 years. I think that she was just trying to escape. And in a way, depending on what lens you might look at it, you may disagree with me and that's totally fine, but I view that her case was self-defense. Her mother had her bound in a wheelchair and was literally abusing her emotionally and physically, and Gypsy wanted to get out, obviously. Let's move on. This is 20-year-old Krista Pike, who became jealous of her friend, 19-year-old Colleen Slemmers, after she thought that she was trying to steal her boyfriend, Tadaryl Ship. On January 12, 1995, Krista, Tadaryl, and their friend Shadala Peterson had all lured Colleen into the woods near the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, promising her free weed. This is a video I self-recorded of the area that it's believed where the crime took place. Once they were there, Krista bashed Colleen in the head with her knee and reportedly kicked her in the face. They tortured and slapped her for almost an hour and eventually Tadaryl carved a satanic writing in her chest. They sacrificed her to the devil and Krista kept a piece of her skull in her pocket as a trophy. The next day her body was found lying on top of debris and Colleen was quickly arrested after her roommates saw her reportedly dancing around the room, telling about the crime and even showed them a piece of Colleen's skull that she kept in her pocket. To really top it off, Colleen's friends later told reporters that she had zero interest in Tadaryl. Krista was arrested, sentenced to death, and has not shown one ounce of remorse. Currently, she is still alive, and despite her trying to escape her death sentence, recently a judge reclaimed that Krista 100% deserves to be on death row. I wish I could take you guys back to that day of whenever I recorded that video in the park. My friends and I, we had went to Tyson Park to ride our skateboards. We had no idea that any brutal murder had taken place there and this was at the start of when I wanted to get more stock footage if you guys are familiar with my uh, TikTok or Instagram videos I always start out with some pretty view or some form of nature to just kind of get you hooked and immersed in the video before I start talking and I was just recording two videos of stock footage on that part because I was like oh this area is really pretty let me record it and I kid you not I want to say it was like a month later I was researching cases and there was one, actually I don't even think I was researching, I was just watching true crime videos and someone had covered the story of Krista Pike and I was sitting in my bed just watching TV or whatever and they were like Krista Pike and then they said the location there like near the University of Tennessee Knoxville and I was like huh? University of Tennessee Knoxville that's so close and they said that she walked to a park so I was like I probably went there because I attended the University of Tennessee Knoxville and they, I like looked it up and the first thing said it happened at Tyson Park. And I was like, why does that sound familiar? I pulled up the Google Maps, bada bing, bada boom. It's literally right there in the exact same location that I recorded the footage was at Tyson Park. It blows my mind, especially because I did look more into like the crime scene photos and the evidence. And I'm pretty sure that I was standing in the exact spot that it happened because the crime scene photos, they're very gruesome. I was very curious to just see where it was at. And in the photos, it's her kind of down on a hill near a railroad, like a railroad track. And that, like, that's where her body was, was on some debris. And my friends and I, we cut through the woods to kind of, we were walking back to our car and we didn't want to have to go up and around. So we just decided to go through. So we went up that, over the train tracks, up the hill. And I'm 99.9% .9 sure that that is the exact spot where 
Colleen Slimmer's body was. And it's so interesting because it really makes me think about you how you never know. Like the spot that I'm sitting in right now, something gruesome could have happened, whether it be 10 years ago or 100 years ago. Something gruesome could have happened in this exact same spot that I'm talking to you all. I think I have a ghost. <laughs> I think that there's a ghost in here, but that's also probably just because I'm paranoid. Needless to say, when we were at the park, I had no feeling or incline that there's something bad had happened here. You know like how people are like, sometimes the atmosphere is so thick you can cut it with a knife. I never felt that, I just thought it was a pretty park. Now that I have the knowledge that I know, I haven't been to the back to the park since. I don't plan on it. Actually, I take my I take back what I just said. If you want me to, I think it would be really interesting to do a podcast episode of where I go to the park and maybe show you where I believed that it had happened. I think that'd be really interesting to kind of paint a picture and maybe shed some more light on Colleen Slimmers and the gruesome murderer, otherwise known as Krista Pike. Another tidbit of information that I want to add on this case that was very interesting for me is she was the first woman to receive a death sentence in the state of Tennessee. And that's another thing, I hate to keep bringing it up, but like Kyle Morgan, I feel like her case of what she did to Colleen and what Kyle did to the homeless man are very similar, especially with the satanic writings, all of that stuff. I'm not sure if Krista, I believe somewhere in the midst of it, she did try to plead mentally insane, but it did not go through. And she still received death. So she's also still alive, if you don't know. She's still alive and well, but Kyle did the exact same thing and he's getting out in less than 20 years. It, just, it blows my mind, it really does. Let's move on. This is 29-year-old news anchor Christine Chuppuk. She was hired at WXLTTX news station and was later given her own show called Suncoast Digest where she talked about recent crimes. Christine was severely depressed and tried to unalive herself in 1970 but failed. She was seen making jokes about unaliving herself on air and her news anchor just simply ignored her and moved on with the segment. On the morning of July 15th, 1974, Christine confused her co-workers as she claimed that she had to read a newscast to open Suncoast Digest that morning. Here is the full video. Viewer discretion is advised. Immediate and complete reports of local blood and guts news. TV40 presents what is believed to be a television first. In living color, exclusive coverage of an attempted... She drew a weapon, unalived herself, and the broadcast rapidly went black. This story is technically not a crime, and it's extremely sad to know that she was successful. But doing it on live television where thousands of innocent families are watching is beyond messed up in my eyes. With that story, I feel like I've said enough when it comes to my opinion on her unaliving herself live on air. It's beyond messed up in my eyes. I just... I think about all the families that were getting ready for work in the morning, their children were eating cereal, sitting in front of the TV, because back in that time, people were watching the news more. Granted, in 2023, the last time I watched the news was, I couldn't even tell you when the last time I watched the news, honestly. I feel like, especially our generation, we watch the news less and less. In my opinion, the news is nothing but gloom and doom, and I already talk about true crime for work. I can... I cannot imagine if I spent my free time watching the news, how depressed I would be. And I guess in a way, true crime is in the news, so maybe I am watching the news more than I think. I guess just the time that I've watched the news live, like sitting on my couch watching it live, has been years, years ago. 
probably since I've lived at my parents' house because they would watch the news. My one question, and maybe someone can enlighten me in the comment section, is why did no one help her? I know that it was a different time, so to speak, so the knowledge on mental health probably wasn't as relevant as it is now. We, we're, There are so many advocates for mental health in 2023, which is amazing and I love it. Back then, there probably was not that many advocates, so people didn't know the signs of when someone's going to take their life. But the fact that she had already attempted once and failed to take her life, and nothing was really done for her, it breaks my heart because I feel like if she was born in this time, there'd be people out there to help her get through this. The fact that she felt she needed to unalive herself on air is beyond me. I know I just said that, but it's... I don't understand what her mission was for doing that. If she was trying to make a statement as to how sad she really was, any of that. And why did her coworkers not notice the signs? I mentioned briefly that she had made multiple jokes about unaliving herself on air and nothing was done. They didn't say, hey, maybe you should go see the doctor or, hey, we know you had a failed attempt back then and now you're starting to show signs of it again, or you're talking more about it, are you being serious? If you have any information that can enlighten me, please let me know in the comment section right now. <laughs> I received a comment from someone on YouTube on the last podcast episode. Thank you so much for everyone who's watched it. We're at like 350 views, which is amazing. I think my goal for that video is to hit a thousand. If you can see that now, I'm so sorry. It's like in my face. But they commented that they are glad to be part of the beginning of a podcast and they also wanted to start one themselves. So I commented basically saying that I wanted to offer them some insight on starting up a podcast. I felt like that would be a very interesting segment, especially from someone who's still in the midst of like starting a weekly podcast. Granted, I've been doing social media for TikTok since November of 2021, and I've been doing social media full-time since August of this year. So I've learned so much, and I'm still learning like a ton of information. So I'm sure that if I look back on this video a year from now, I'm going to have more points as to how to market yourself, how to make yourself a brand, and start up a podcast. The first thing that I really want to harp on is have a schedule. Mondays, I normally do all of my TikToks. Tuesdays, I write the script and record for the podcast. Wednesdays, I will splice and edit and try to upload the video to YouTube, but as you guys know, it takes my computer forever. It'll say it'll take like two hours, and then the two hours turn into 20 hours, and I'm not even joking with that. Last episode was late because of that. Funny story, I thought having my computer on without it going to sleep, when I went to sleep physically, it would still be uploading the videos. Some way, somehow, I woke up the next morning, I woke up at like 7 o'clock. I usually get up pretty early, especially on upload days just because I want to make sure everything is done before the video goes live at 9 o'clock. And I came in here and the screen was on, but it was on the lock screen. And I was like, oh god, what happened? So I pull it up and the entire Spotify video that was uploading was wiped clean. There was no evidence that it was ever even uploading at one point. So I was like, oh crap, well Spotify is going to be late. And then I look at YouTube and it's stuck circling at 99%. So you're telling me that right at 99%, the computer shut off. <laughs> Moving on, the second one is cherish every viewer. Think of it as people in the room. What I say by that is when you start a podcast, you're not going to start off with 
a hundred thousand viewers having 10 viewers is like having 10 people in the room just listening to you talk and that's amazing like 10 people in this room right now could fill it up really quickly so that's how i view my viewers whenever i first started the tiktok of crime brought to light back in november of 2021 it i started off very slow i would post three times a day and would get maybe 200 views which is great for starting out and now that i have amassed 2.2 million followers on tiktok i still can appreciate those times of having those people that is my advice to you is just cherish every viewer you have and build a connection with them like like i want you all to comment your thoughts on every story and give me feedback if there's something that you're like hey there's a loud screeching noise like with my microphones like comment feedback to me don't be afraid i'm not going to you know, shut my podcast down if I get negative feedback. Obviously, we're about to be doing a segment where I read hate comments. Uh, Moving through a little bit quicker, let yourself rest. I feel like that's in the sentence, like you know what to do. Let yourself rest. Don't overwork yourself because as content creators, we don't have a nine to five schedule. I can, there's some days that I wake up at 7.30 and I start working and I finish at four. There's other days where I start working at 7.30 and I work until 8 p.m., and I'm burned out the next day. Let yourself rest because if not, your content's going to suffer. You're going to put less effort into it. You're gonna be less energetic and you need to spend time with your friends and family. Moving on to sponsorships. They are very important obviously because they pay your bills, they pay my bills. So thank you to all the sponsors that I get. Though when you're starting out, it's important to not jump forward onto sponsors. I think I didn't even do my first sponsorship until I hit like, 200,000 followers on TikTok, something along the lines of that. And honestly, it honestly came from a place of ignorance because I didn't even think that someone would pay me to post a video in their service. But then they did. And I was like, whoa, like this is actually something. Work with people that you truly believe in. All the sponsorships that I work with, I truly believe in those. And I think that they are amazing people. And Don't be ashamed to ask them questions to further explain themselves, especially if it's a product you've not heard about. There have been multiple products that I've heard about and I'm like, that's a great product. Can you tell me more? Because I don't want to sell my followers something that I don't even know about. Does that make sense? I I hope that makes sense. The next one is remember there will be ups and downs. There will be some weeks that you are thriving, you are gaining followers left and right. You are popping off on every social media outlet. There will be other weeks where you think that you're in your flop era. Set goals, that's another one. I set a goal every month. I have three goals that I think are attainable for that month. The last one is be authentically you. I think that's something that I struggled with the most when I first started a podcast was being myself and just not caring what people think about me, especially because we're about to be going into hate comments. I viewed my worth based off of what people were saying about me in the comment section. And I really hated that I did that. I will say that my audience, I've been blessed with a really good audience that sends me nothing but love. All Why am I crying, dude? Jeez Louise. I've been so blessed with my followers because everyone who comments, almost everyone who comments on my videos are always positive. And some people even go the extra mile. They say like, I love your content. You just earned a new follow. Those comments make me feel so warm inside. And it's so interesting because I'll have... 99 love comments and then one hate comment and i literally just have tunnel vision towards that one hate comment 
And I don't understand why that is. I think we are so critical of ourselves as human beings, but that doesn't define who I am as a person. That doesn't define who I am as a son, as an uncle, as a partner, as a friend. None of those comments, like any everyone who comments on those videos, unless they're my close friends or family, they don't know who I am. They've never met me in person. Anyways, I'm going off on a tangent. Be authentically you, be yourself, now let's move on to reading hate comments from Instagram on my true crime stories. So the first one is more on uh, TikTok. I thought that this one was funny and it'd be kind of nice to start off the comments with this one. I don't have a screenshot of it. I used to have a physical piece of paper with the comment on it. My coworkers jokingly printed it out and we put it on my little, uh, what is it, like the mesh uh, cardboard board where you like pin stuff. I think it's like a pin board. What are those called? A cork board set? Huh? What is the thumbtack board called? A bulletin board. So a bulletin board or a cork board. Uh, basically, they put that on my wall and we looked at it. So the comment said, it said, love your videos, but why do you always look tired? And when I saw that, I was like, that is such a backhanded compliment of, I love your videos. Why do you always look so tired? And that wasn't even the first time that I got the that comment of saying that I look tired. And I think it's because I am tired and I'm extremely exhausted all the time. If I had it my way, I would be getting 15 hours of sleep a day. I'm not sure what that says about me. I have no idea, but I need sleep. And if I don't get sleep, which I obviously don't live in a luxury life where I can get 15 hours of sleep, then I just, <laughs> it is what it is. I have to wake up. It's one of those things. So I thought that comment was very funny, but moving on to Instagram comments that are more recent. Like I said, I started Instagram taking it more seriously about a month ago. So these are ones that I just got. This one I got 16 hours ago and it says, quote, I hate the long intros, OMG. Just start talking, please. And I was, in that moment, I was like, dang, because I thought the intros were very unique and very different with you know, starting it out with like a little bit of a cliffhanger. And I felt like you seeing, you know, some nature that's really pretty of a hike that I did, it encourages me to go out. And reading a caption that's like, I don't know, woman who received life in prison. It gives you to think of like, hmm, I wonder who we're talking about. It gives you time to think about the case before I start talking. It lets you paint a picture as to, hmm, who are we about to be talking about today? So that's why I like the intros, but I guess some people don't like the long intro. This comment was on a post of a woman who divorced her husband after he was threatening her and he later unalived her. And this per person commented, what's the moral of the story, ladies? Don't date bad boys. They ain't worth it. I mean, we ain't got time you listen to your whines. So I commented back and I said, I'm going to take a wild guess and say you were single. <laughs> Anytime a guy is like, listen ladies, I ain't got time to listen to your whines. I'm like, single. These next few comments are on the Greyhound bus killer. If you guys aren't aware of the story, I did a full deep dive on YouTube. It's a few videos back. Uh, the video is called Vince is Worse Than Jeffrey Dahmer. So if you want a full deep dive, you can. This story was one of the most disturbing stories I've ever researched and talked about. It's about a guy named Vince who ate a man on the bus named Tim. He slabbed him multiple times, cut his head off, viewed it to the passengers watching, ate his body. 
there's even still speculation that no one knows where parts of his heart even is now like the victim's body they analyzed it they had no idea where his heart went and it's believed that vince ate it i think that's so disturbing especially because the person that he unalived was tim and he was just an innocent man riding the bus anyways so i told the story on instagram and someone commented this ain't traumatizing the next person commented this is horrifying to you blood old son would not survive a day in mexico i'm not sure what that word means but i'm assuming that's referring to me saying that i wouldn't survive a day in mexico another person commented y'all soft then another one commented i mean it ain't that brutal though I genuinely want to know what are stories that you heard that are disturbing because I've been doing this for almost two years and that one I don't know if I just got more immersed in the story but that really sent chills down my back I even went on someone's podcast and was talking about the story to them there was a moment where they were like their jaws were at the floor they were like and I'm just sitting there like "Mm, moving on (laughs) so it's it traumatized them it disturbed me like I don't understand like what stories have you guys heard that are more disturbing than that story so watch the video let me know if it's disturbing to you if not tell me a story that really disturbed you i get this comment probably three or four times every video that i post on instagram this was in reference to the sam and colby video of them accidentally recording a live murder happen of course i have to limit the times that i say the k word on any social media outlet so i use the word unalive so on every other video if not every video someone commented tyler unalive laura you mean killed lol and yes i mean that but i have to censor myself there was one time that i didn't censor myself on instagram and tiktok and youtube didn't do anything about it which is fine Instagram took the video down and then I don't even know how I don't make money off Instagram if that provides insight So I wasn't like worried. I was going to get like demonetized or anything like that But they sent me like a message thing on the app that was like if you post a bad video again Your accounts banned you'll be shadow banned in the comment. They said that they were no longer Posting my videos as public. They were just going to only be through followers They obviously didn't follow through with that which I'm thankful I guess I appealed it two times because I was like there's no way that this video got taken down like and it wasn't even that bad of a story It wasn't like the Greyhound bus killer where it's extremely disturbing so moving on to This one I just kind of noticed because I if you guys don't know I literally read every single comments There was a video that I posted about a GameStop employee that as hot someone and unalived them for shoplifting that person the victim was a black individual and the comments on there was extremely racist towards the black community it it shocked me from what i was seeing over half of the comments were being extremely extremely offensive and i didn't want to see it i didn't want to have to go through and delete all those comments and then people say why did you delete my comments so i just disabled the comments on the video so someone commented and asked why i took the video off or why i disabled the comments and a person commented because it's about black people and he's white i'm assuming they thought that i didn't want anyone from the black community to speak up and defend themselves maybe i shouldn't have disabled the comments i saw that there was a lot of hate towards the victim and 
I put myself in the shoes of the victim's family of if they were scrolling through, they saw the video and read the comments. That's horrific. I do not want anyone to read comments about a victim that are hateful. So I replied back, absolutely not. The amount of racist comments and parentheses from white people towards the black community was disgusting. Therefore, I turned off the comments. And maybe I am wrong. Like I said, I'm open to feedback as to if I should have kept the comments up so people could defend themselves. But in my mind, I feel like social media can be so toxic and just such a circle of like hate. Like someone's hating, someone's hating, then the person's defending and hating them, and then someone's hating, hating. And it's just like a circle and I hate it. With all of this being said, I read all of your comments. So please let me know who you are. <laughs> let me know your thoughts on the video. I want to get to know you. Without further ado, I will see you guys next Friday at 9 a.m. And I hope you all have a great weekend. Stay safe.